Welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily series from 8.30 to 9am to help small businesses. If you have any questions, please do ask them in the comments of the live feed. And if you need any more advice, please do join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where there are accountants and experts on hand to help 24-7. Now, during today's live session, we will be running a poll, so please do engage with it, and I will reveal the results at the end of the show. So thank you so much to everyone for joining me. Uh, my name is Ariona. I'm the Managing Director of Majors Accounts, which is a small family-run accountancy practice based in South East London. I myself am a Chartered Certified Accountant with the ACCA, and I have a couple of Masters in Accounting and Finance and a Masters in Law in International Banking and Finance. And I've recently uh, completed a postgraduate diploma at the University of Oxford for Strategic Finance. So I have quite a solid uh, financial and accounting uh, background. I am also a member of the QuickBooks Accountants Council and a member of ACCA's UK Practitional Network and ACCA's Global Forum. So to really help out um, other accountants as well in, in what we're doing to try and elevate the, the industry. So I've been working in industry for, sorry, in practice for the last 14 years now or so, I would say. And I did this alongside uh, my studies, which really helped to enhance kind of the theory that I was learning. And um, working in small practice, we work with small businesses. And during this time, I really got to see how a business works how they function, what their pain points are, and investigating ways of providing solutions for these pain points and also solutions to their goals, whether it will be to become more profitable um, or to grow, whatever it may be. So it's been super interesting for the last um, few years. So who are Majors Accounts? So as I mentioned, we're based in South East London. We provide accountancy services pretty much A to Z for the SME sector, so owner-managed businesses or small limited companies. Um, and we have been working with businesses in pretty much every industry, I would say, over the years we have seen. But some of our main um, kind of clients and industries that we work with at the moment are the construction industry and um, also the hospitality industry. So businesses like pubs, bars and restaurants, but also nurseries, um, hairdressers, financial services, IT companies. I mean, the list goes on. We've pretty much seen everything over the years since we um, started trading. Now, since becoming managing director a few years ago, I spearheaded and implemented a digitalization strategy within the firm and the idea of this was to become a paperless office which I'm proud to say we are finally finally there we've achieved um, it involved a lot of scanning and shredding over the last year or so but we're there now and I'm proud to say that we are actually a QuickBooks online only practice um, so we've become somewhat experts I would say in this space and now everything within our firm can be done using an array of really amazing technology and apps which all feed into QuickBooks to create an elevated experience, not just for our clients in the way that they're sending paperwork and the information they're getting out from us um, for their business, 
but also for our team who are using the latest cutting edge technology to really make their role a lot more interesting as well. And one thing I say to my team is you're all studying hard and difficult qualifications and um, you're not doing it to do data entry and to copy things out of a receipt and do things manually. You're studying to be able to analyze information and translate that for business owners to help them understand exactly what's going on in their business. So with this, um, we have also helped to bring our client accountant relationship a lot closer because we're in communication a lot more than um, we would have been usually. And a lot of people think that when you adopt technology, it means that you're losing that human contact, but actually it's been the opposite. When we now have the time to really understand and speak to our clients um, about their businesses so much more than before. And as we are now a digital firm, our clients don't need to come to see us if they don't need to. So there's a huge time saving there. And we have clients from Ireland all the way down to the Isle of Wight. So where they would have taken a plane <laughs> possibly to come see us, now we can do everything online via Zoom, for example. Um, so now we're helping to kind of provide a much more personalized service and coupled with the expertise that we have built over the years, we're able to kind of act more as a finance director for our clients, but without the price tag. In this time, uh, in this transition, our efforts have not gone unnoticed. Uh, majors accounts have been nominated for quite a few awards uh, by the British Accountancy Awards for two years in a row for Independent Firm of the Year Greater London. And I myself have been nominated uh, by Top 50 Women in Accounting Globally and also by the Women Women in Accounting and Finance Awards 2020 for three awards. And also majors accounts were um, featured in the Parliamentary Review uh, in 2017 now um, for showcasing best practice in our arena and in our industry. So enough about us. This, obviously, we're coming out, I'd say this year and a half. Um, hopefully, we're going to be coming out of COVID lockdown, uh, strict measures and so on, we're able to start going back to some sort of normality. Um, but in this time, there have been other updates and changes uh, from HMRC, which everyone I think needs to be aware of, uh, which I will go through today. So hopefully that will help to highlight a few things for yourself and your businesses. Um, <clears throat> one of the first is uh, national insurance for self-employment. So there are two types of national insurance contributions which are payable by self-employed individuals and they're known as Class 2 and Class 4 NICs. Now Class 2 NICs are paid by all self-employed taxpayers unless they earn under the small profits threshold which is currently £6,515 um, which will then say that you know it removes a necessity to pay any NICs. However, um, Class NIT, if you are earning above this, they are payable at £3.05 um, flat rate for the 2021-22 tax year. And they count towards payments such as the ba basic state pension, um, the employment and support allowance, maternity allowance and bereavement benefits. So, um, And also you're required to pay class four NICs as well if your profits are above £9,569 or more for a particular year. And the rates for these are at 9% above that amount. And um, for chargeable profits between 9,569 to 50,270 have an added 2% on any profits above that. 
However, uh, I must highlight that recently we've had a number of clients who um, have paid their class to NICs because they were due to be paid. However, they've either been refunded to them by HMRC or they're sitting as a repayment amount and balance, which is due to them, supposedly, on HMRC's website. Um, but I have to say, and um, these are people who have been registered for self-employment for a few years. They've paid it every every year. But I have to highlight, don't be fooled by this. There seems to be some kind of error going on at HMRC, um, but this needs to be corrected. And we've had quite a few of our clients call in and saying, I'm due a refund, when actually you're not. But you have to, for some reason, your registration for Class 2 and I has dropped from HMRC. And in order to correct this, you need to call HMRC and re-register so it still becomes payable. Now, I would suggest to correct it because if you do get the money back, this will get picked up at some point and you'll have to pay it back with interest and penalties possibly. So it's not worth it. Um, this particular amount won't break the bank compared to other taxes possibly. So you're better off um, just to, to have it sorted out now rather than um, take the money back and then have to repay it at a later date. And we don't really know why this is happening, especially if you've been submitting tax returns, as many of our clients have for many years, but all of a sudden they've dropped somewhere in the system. And I guess with all the changes that's going on with HMRC, it's not surprising. And now there are some changes to VAT as well from this month. Um, so UK traders will only need to register in one EU country for the optional import one-stop shop. So it, this will greatly simplify VAT procedures and reporting. And this is introducing a new VAT e-commerce system to link with the new EU-wide IT systems. And with this also, uh, businesses can elect to register in just one EU country rather than every single country they operate in and declare all um, earnings and outgoings and do their VAT reporting basically through this one country. Um, we have seen quite a few people registering in Ireland, British businesses, just because it's easier um, to submit everything in English because we understand English, obviously, but um, obviously that's up to the business and whatever's better for them. Again, this is optional, so you don't have to register it, register for it, but it will save a lot of time. Some upcoming key dates as well. So yesterday, the one-year business rates holiday ended, and from today onwards, businesses will still get 66% relief until March 2022. So there will be the business rates will be greatly reduced um, still, at least up until next March. In addition, the standard duty nil rate band uh, starts tapering and will be reduced from today uh, to 250,000. So anything above that will um, need standard duty to be paid on it. And over the coming months, this will continue to reduce until it gets back to normal. And July 31st is the second um, payment on account, which is due for the tax year 21-22. But please bear in mind that you can reduce this if you feel that your income is lower than, say, the previous year. Now, this may not apply to many people because during the last year they didn't earn as much, but there are people who have earned a lot during COVID. And as we've come out of um, COVID or businesses have started to come back to some sort of normality, 
they have actually seen their sales drop because the split to online and um, in-person spending has changed slightly. So this could apply to you. Now, one other thing that we kind of prepared our clients for um, and we were expecting, we weren't expecting it to happen this soon, is HMRC investigations. Now that businesses are reopening, we've seen a surge in HMRC inquiries by a number of different tax departments, but the two main ones at the moment are the National Minimum Wage Department and the VAT Department. So thing you have to really ensure you have your paperwork in order, um, ready just in case they do come, uh, and I'm telling all my clients to be prepared for this. And some of the things you need to ensure is you have your paperwork in order. So for National Minimum Wage, This would entail timesheets for your staff. So they need to ensure they sign in and out and they also show any break times on there. Those timesheet records should match payroll. So um, they should have payslips and those payslips should match then any payments that are made to them. If it's cash payment, you need to have had some kind of confirmation with a signature from the employee to say that they received the cash. Or if it's by bank, then obviously that's on the bank statement, so it's quite easy to prove, but it should match exactly what is on the payslip. The other thing is furlough calculations. So you need to ensure that your calculations are correct and they show they have been claimed for the times that your employees were not working and not for the times that they may have been working. So they have, we have seen quite a few um, cases where HMRC is really going drilling down day by day to ensure you know, that nothing has been overclaimed. And staff contracts, if you have these, would be a great um, thing to keep. You might, you might have verbal contracts, but ideally if you have something in writing, it would be even better and ensure you have your staff ID as well. Whereas for VAT um, inspections, you need to ensure you have your sales records. So, for example, invoices, records of any expenses, including receipts as proof. Having them in the bank um, as expenses is not enough um, proof, unfortunately. And a record of payment, whether you have taken payments by cash or income or card and a cash book if relevant as well. Now, there are going to be huge penalties for any inaccuracies. um, So please be aware of this. And I would also suggest you having your agent or accountant present in these meetings to help with HMRC to go as smoothly as possible as they will have all of the records for your business um, because they submitted them. And in addition, they're there to represent you and protect you (laughs) in these meetings in case um, certain inspectors might go against their code of ethics. So I see the questions coming in now. Uh, We have a question from Elliot on Twitter who says, if we can't really afford to start paying back loans just yet, is there anything we can do to delay or restructure the payments? So there are a few options. Uh, For example, the bounce back loan, if you receive that, there is an option to extend uh, your payment terms from the initial five or six years to up to 10 years. Now, this won't necessarily give you another payment holiday, but it will significantly reduce your monthly payments for the time being until you get back on your feet. And then you can um, make a decision of whether you want to pay it slightly earlier because the one thing with extending um, the term is that you're paying, in the end, a lot more interest than you would do um, with the, the shorter term. So you have a couple of options there. At least it will help you with your initial cash flow. Um, But once you're back on your feet, then you could make the decision to to try and reduce the term again. Um, Or possibly if you're happy with that that kind of payment, 
keep it on and not kind of make it difficult for your cash flow for now. We have a question from Tammy on Facebook Messenger who says, lockdown actually gave me a better work-life balance and I'm thinking about stepping away from the business as a result. I want to make sure I leave it in safe hands though and will still be partially involved. What are my options? Okay, this is a great question. There are so many business owners that have come to a realization that actually um, their personal life is just as important as their work life. I think that it's very easy to get bogged down into business um, and working and you kind of tend to um, not give yourself as much time. Um, there are options, obviously, to sell your business. Um, if you don't want to sell all of it, as you mentioned, you want to be partially involved, you can sell only a portion of it and in the contract agree um, to be there for specific roles or for a specific time and you can phase this out or you can also kind of sell your business but keep a preference shareholding so you're guaranteed a set amount of income obviously if the person that buys it is happy for that in exchange for your expertise and your support um, whilst the business changes hands and but also if you sell your business there are um, schemes out there which will help you in terms of any tax that you're paying from the sale because if you're getting rid of the whole thing um, then you can get entrepreneur's relief um, but definitely speak to your accountant for the different options relating to your individual case but there are tax reliefs out there and there are options for hybrid um, sales and also one thing is depending on what you're planning to do once you step away from the business um, you may be looking to do something completely different but I can say if if you don't have specific plans you'll get bored very quickly so maybe um, keeping some um, kind of an element of being uh, an element of involvement um, would be required otherwise you'll get bored very quickly unless you've got other plans obviously. Um, we have a question from Grace on Facebook Messenger who says, I started a business recently and I, and I manage my accounts myself. I'm using cash basis, but I noticed that I forgot to pay the money into my account two times. I have invoices for the work, but no evidence. What shall I do? So if you do have cash, um, there are quite a few issues at the moment with having cash and putting it in the bank. And it all relates to when you open your bank account, you have to ensure that you let them know how much of your income is cash or bank and how much you're planning to put into the bank. If you put in more than um, the bank expects you to, uh, then that could um, result in them either freezing your bank account or closing it, which is we've seen you know through so many businesses recently, which is a huge pain um, because it will mean that you're you know unable to trade essentially if you use your bank account for paying things. However, on this instance, if you have an invoice for that cash, then that is evidence enough. But I would go one step further in having a cash book. So with your cash book, it's a record which you could keep on Excel or, I mean, ideally I would use QuickBooks myself, um, but you can keep it really simply. It's like a list or a diary where you put the date and the amount of cash that you received. You could do it per invoice or you can do it as a total for that day. And there you would also um, kind of take note of any expenses that you may have had in cash as well. And it will ensure that it's pretty clear to see how much cash or what your cash balance is at the end of each day, each week and so on. So if you were to have a HMRC investigation, that is your proof, your invoice and also um, the proof that it was on your cash book as well. 
Uh, we have a question from Sarah on Instagram who says, I know that we should start planning for what we're going to do when support ends in September. What are the three main areas we should be considering when doing this? Um, so, you know, support, as you mentioned, does run out um, pretty much in September and uh, the Chancellor has rejected any pleas for people to who've been saying to extend support. So we know that it's not going to be um, as helpful after September. There are a few things you could consider. One of those is um, furlough at the moment. Obviously, that will end. So have you been, in order to kind of plan for September, you really should be starting to move now. In terms of if you have any staff that are on fur furlough currently, um, and you're kind of trying to manage everything yourself instead of starting to bring them back. Maybe start to bring them back part-time to get them used to working. Um, and at that point, you will, you may have to make the decision of possible redundancies. We do expect there to be an increase over the next few months because with furlough as well, uh, this month the employees have to pay 10% um, contributions towards employees' salaries who are on furlough as well. So um, some businesses may not be able to afford this, so they may end up uh, just making their staff redundant. Um, so really have a look at seeing whether you can bring some staff back and seeing whether they can be retrained uh, and see if you're able to retain them until then. And they could help just drum up some business right now. There's obviously the bounce back loan that I mentioned, um, extending that if you haven't already, uh, doubling your term basically, which will help your cash flow. There is also the kickstart scheme and um, the taking on also employees which, you know, they are unemployed at the moment. The government will give you quite a lot of support. I believe that is until December. Um, so they will pay for 25 hours for these employees uh, for national minimum wage. And they will also give you a slight cash boost incentive to really take these employees on. Um, so I know that quite a lot of our clients are doing that at the moment. Um, so that's kind of another, another area that you could look at. I hope that's helped. But obviously, with there are so many other schemes out there. So definitely either speak to your client or get in contact with us. We'll see how we can help. Uh, we have a question from Fran on Twitter who says, when registering for VAT in Europe, you mentioned choosing one country. Does it matter which one? And are there benefits to one over the other or is there no difference? So with this um, it doesn't really matter. You can elect where you want to register in. Um, it depends, I guess, on where your operations are and where you're used to working. We've seen generally that British businesses are registering in Ireland because they're submitting everything in English. Um, so it, it's a lot easier with that language barrier at least. Um, and they're putting everything through there. However, if you work mostly, for example, in France or Spain or elsewhere in Europe and you're used to their system um, and you kind of know exactly how it works, then you could elect one of these countries as well. But it doesn't really matter. It's just you elect one of them, whichever one works for you. Uh, we have a question from Chloe on Twitter who says that you mentioned the investigations that will be happening. What sort of questions will they be asking so we can prepare? Okay, so um, the, these questions and these interviews, if you want to call them, um, with directors or managers of the business, owners of the business, can go up 
go on up to about two and a half hours. So you really need to be prepared. I mean, there should, it shouldn't be too difficult. It's just that it can be quite intense um, because you're being drilled almost on your business and how you run it and why you run it a certain way. But for a VAT inspection, as an example, um, they will ask questions such as, are all your sales declared on your VAT? How do you keep your record keeping? Um, how uh, do you collect payments from customers? And are, your, are they um, split between cash and bank uh, income or payments, for example? And how do you ensure that if you do take cash, how this is recorded? To and recorded in your VAT returns? And also, how do you distinguish this from your personal money to ensure that you're not taking the business's money? Um, there are so many other questions out there, but it's really uh, aimed at understanding how your business is working, why it's working in a certain way, and whether your procedures are correct and in line with HMRC. Now, with our clients, um, we encourage them to use QuickBooks online just because it's so easy to see in terms of an audit trail how everything is kept. We can see at the same time. And also for HMRC, when they go through and investigate, it's really easy to follow through. But um, there are so many apps out there that can help you kind of link to QuickBooks, which will satisfy your procedures because we know every business works in a different way and they find whatever ways of working that are best for them. So there are apps out there which can help and really make these investigations so much easier. Uh, but one thing I would say, please do have an accountant or advisor present because I've been in a few meetings where um, – Certain inspectors have asked questions which don't really relate to business um, and they're trying to kind of get as much information out of the business owner. Um, so they're there kind of to help you out just to give extra support in terms of technical knowledge, but also to support you and protect you as a business owner. Uh, we have a question on, uh, from Eloise on Twitter who says, I know there hasn't been any announcements and that it seems like all support will end from September. But do you think that's likely to change and why? I mean, during the last year and a half, I mean, we haven't been able to predict anything, I guess. <laughs> um, and, you know, we've been prepared for certain announcements which have come out ready for the deadlines of when these announcements were going to start and then, you know, a day before they scrapped them. So I wouldn't be surprised I think not just because um, they have really been pushing the idea that we're not extending furlough and we're not um, providing, you know, business rates holidays. That's reduced, obviously, from this month. I think if they were going to extend it any further, um, we would have known by now, but they've kind of stuck to their guns so far. And with the rollout of vaccines and so on, maybe that's making a difference um, and will allow businesses to get back to normal. With certain restrictions, I wouldn't be surprised if they will possibly extend till December. At the moment, obviously, that's that's not in the plans, but I guess watch this space. Uh, we have a question from Harry on Facebook, and this is unfortunately, unfortunately my last question, um, who says, is there a reason these investigations are happening? Is it just because they didn't do many over the pandemic period or they're trying to catch up or something else? Um, in my opinion, you know, the government has given out a lot of money and it's lost a lot of money. So they need to get back into the field to ensure that if there are any inaccuracies, they collect that tax with penalties as well. So um, they will be earning 
some money from these investigations. Um, so I think that's the reason it's mostly because of COVID and they're, they're struggling <laughs> in terms of the money that they've had to give out. So they need to kind of collect some back in. Um, but also there has been a lot of fraud that has gone on over the last year and a half, which they are aware of and that, which they will be tackling. Um, so anyone who has been taken, for example, loans, which they shouldn't have done. I, I've seen that with my clients and where we've noticed it, we've advised them to pay straight back um, because they genuinely didn't know that they couldn't take it. So, um, you know, they've paid that back and it's fine where you notice that you've done something wrong. But this, I think this is the main reason because there has been a lot of fraud as well. Now, the, plot, the poll results are in. We asked you, have you got a plan in place for when there's no longer financial support for your business? 67% of you said yes and 33% said no. Uh, it's quite encouraging to see that people are already thinking um, for the future and the next few months at least and getting prepared. For those of you that aren't, um, if you are not sure what to do, please do ask an accountant because they will give you so many options which you possibly haven't thought about. And obviously we're here and we, we are seeing um, all the reliefs and any support that is available currently, which you could make use of. So please do speak to your accountant just about some ideas of them at least. Um, okay, so that's all from me today. So thank you all for tuning in this morning. If you do want to get in touch with me, um, please contact me via our website at majorsaccounts.com where we have a live chat feature or you can fill in uh, our web form. You can also download our app from our website and it's amazing for um, support and any announcements from the government in, uh, in, the, in the update section. Our website also has an, a new section as well. Um, but we're also on all social media platforms so on facebook instagram linkedin and on twitter so please feel free uh, to get in contact with me and the rest of the team now coming up on ask the expert tomorrow is esther stanhope who is an international speaker author and personal impact coach so tune in to find out uh, the impact video can have on your business and how to master it a reminder that if you do need any more advice, please do join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group on Facebook, where there are accountants and business experts on hand 24-7. I've really enjoyed answering your questions today. I hope they've helped and I hope you all have a great day.